Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. This is the weekend edition. We have a very special show for you today. On today's show, we're taking a segment from the two and a half day workshop that I teach every year on goal setting. This specific segment relates to a particular type of goal. There are really two types of goals. There are attainment goals, where you're looking to achieve a specific outcome, and then there are habit goals. In order to realize an attainment goal, you need a plan, and most of us are not born with a degree in professional project management. Today's show is a highly simplified but effective process for putting together your project plan to achieve those attainment goals. This segment is coming to you live from Goal Setting 2023. So if you remember, there are two types of goals. There's habit goals and attainment goals. And the attainment goals are a little bit more complex to craft together. Habit goals are meditate 10 minutes daily. You don't need a very complicated project plan to do that. Just do it. Budget the time, make a commitment, build the habit. That's another reason why habit goals are more powerful. Easier to execute, and they get you to where you want to be anyway. Now, if you actually want to attain things, you still need a plan. You still need to put together a project plan for that goal. Maybe the plan is, I want to complete that 300-unit apartment complex by the end of the year, or whatever it might be. You need a plan for that. Now, none of us were born with a degree in project management. And if you go to the PMI, Project Management Institute, and take their class using PMBOK, Project Management Body of Knowledge, which is, I forget now, it keeps growing, 10 books, 42, 49 chapters, it's some crazy thing. And even with that, it's still incomplete, believe it or not. And for someone who has been involved in project management for much of the past 30 years, I really subscribe to a much simpler planning process that is more accessible for folks who haven't gone through that training. When I was running the microprocessor development team in Europe, had about 100 engineers in France, all of whom came out of IBM. And they had the IBM quality manual, which was about a four inch binder. And they all had it in their office, right above their desk. I'd say about half the people still had it in the original cellophane wrapper, it had never been opened. So, it was so heavyweight that it was actually inaccessible. I found that even with that engineering team that came out of a very highly structured environment, the best way to build process was to make it very accessible. Get it to the point where you could write it down on a single page so that you can see it all at once and digest it and start to internalize it. Because at the end of the day, that's the process we use on a day-to-day -day basis. So I'm condensing down here nine or ten books and 42 major chapters onto one page. And this is a very simplified process of planning, but what it does is it alleviates the first order mistakes that most people make. So what are the first order mistakes? If you are planning anything, it doesn't matter, it could be a, you're planning a meal, and I'm just making this up as I go. You're planning a meal, what are the deliverables? The appetizer, the main course, dessert, those are the deliverables. Okay, clear. What are we going to make? We're going to make a caprese salad for the appetizer. We're going to make chicken and rice for the main dish, and we're going to have creme brulee for dessert. Okay, so we're clear on what the deliverables are. What are the steps required to achieve that goal? You've got to source the materials. And you start to just break it down. What's the first mistake you could make? Your list could be incomplete. So if your list is not complete, if you forgot something that you're planning to serve, and it 
it's not in your menu, that's going to be a mistake. It's not going to be that it took you 10 minutes longer to make the creme brulee. You didn't have the cream. You didn't have the ingredients. You didn't have the blowtorch. You were missing something critical to delivering that. So you've got the first thing you need to do is make sure that that breakdown is complete. Have you omitted something? You know, when we talk about building buildings, it's not the drywall costs 10% more. That's why the building failed. It wasn't because drywall costs 10% more. It's because there was a fundamental assumption that you had that you completely missed. You had zero in a line item that was not zero in reality. That's where the big mistakes happen is your list is incomplete. So this is where you want to spend the most time and energy, making sure that you have thought carefully about what is it you need to get this done? What are all the steps required to achieve that goal? Whether it's a meal, build a building, doesn't matter. The steps are exactly the same. Then you want to define those interim milestones, those measurable steps, those measurable success points along the way. This is the framework. This is the point where you communicate between dependencies in the project, where you say, okay, we're handing off from the HVAC guys to the electrician, and we're handing off from the electrician to the plumbing guys, and so on. So you have these interim milestones defined in your project that you can point to, that you can measure, and you can say this point is taken to this point of completion. It's not just at the task level, but they're measurable success points along the way. Then you need to identify what are the resources you need and the dependencies between the resources and the steps in the process. Clearly the roof has to come after foundation. Probably has to come after framing as well. Windows come after framing and so on so that you're not doing things out of order. Now some things you can resequence. You could resequence plumbing and electrical probably without too much consequence. You could probably resequence, what else could you resequence? Not a whole lot actually, not a whole lot. There are a few. There's a few. HVAC, no, because you cut major holes in your structure for your HVAC. That's probably the first thing you want to go in because it, it consumes the most volume. So that's the one you probably want to go in first. <laughs> if you try and retrofit that and some of those key pathways are now already consumed by plumbing or electrical, you've really tied your hand. So once you've identified those, that sequencing of tasks and milestones and identified what are those resource dependencies that you have. Now you start to hang together a network of things that can go in a sequence. Still pretty simple, pretty straightforward. This is not advanced project management where you need to get you know, the massive Gantt chart with MS Project and all of the rest. We're still keeping it very simple, but it's avoiding those first order mistakes. Once you have that, then it's a matter of estimating the effort for each step. Now you might say, I have never done bricklaying before. I have no idea how long it's going to take to bricklay this wall. But the beauty is there's a lot of history and bricklayers have these manuals, they have these tables and they can tell you how many bricks a bricklayer can lay per hour and they can tell you with a great deal of precision what that should actually represent. So even if you don't, can, even if you don't possess that knowledge yourself, the knowledge exists and part of your job, it's a scavenger hunt, is to go find that knowledge. You don't have to invent it. You just have to find the experts that have that information. Then, next step after that is to actually identify the resources. Who is signed up? Who's committed to perform that function, to do that step, to complete that deliverable? And you get those people signed up. Do you know what the number one activity is on a construction site? Nothing. Absolutely zero. <laughs>
that is the number one activity. So part of your job as a project manager, or maybe it's your site super, whoever you've tasked with that, is to make sure that there's actually people on site doing the work. And there's, there is this tension that exists between you, the project owner, whose objective is to get the project completed quickly, as quickly as possible, because the meter's running, you've got holding costs, you've got carrying costs, your objective is to get it done as fast as possible. That is not the same objective as the subcontractor. The electrician's objective is to keep his people busy. Your project is just one of many. So they want to sequence your job to maximize the busyness of their people, to maximize the efficiency of their resource usage. And those are often in conflict. They're often in conflict, and this is where you want to put compensation structures in place, negotiate contract terms, that create the right incentives that favor your priorities, not their default priorities. So the only way to do that is to bring their priorities in alignment with yours by creating the right incentives. Then you want to budget buffer and contingency. Now this is important. Oftentimes people buffer things at the task level. So imagine that you were planning a trip across the city, but you've broken it down into a number of sub-projects. So for those of you that are here in Ottawa, Canada, might be from the very west end of the city, from Stittsville to Kanata is one project, and from Kanata to Nepean is the second project, and from Nepean to Hintonburg is the third project, and so on. And each one of those projects gets buffered individually. Each sub-project owner ends up putting some buffer and contingency in their portion of the project plan. The problem with that is they're committing a delivery date that is buffered which means that if they come in early, you're not ready. You can never recover time in that schedule because you're always expecting to start later. So the delays add, but the gain, you never get the gains when you buffer things at the task level. What you want to do is you want to put together your project plan assuming green lights everywhere, no delays everywhere, and you manage the buffer at the project level. You manage the buffer, not the subs. And they'll say, oh, I don't know if I can meet that commitment. I understand. We've got buffer. We're managing at the project level. We'll deal with that. We understand. And they'll be very uncomfortable with it at first. But you have to hold on to that buffer yourself. Okay? And then you actually, at that point, start to schedule things. This is the process. This is about as simple as you can make the project planning process so that it fits on one page and not 42 chapters and months and months of exams and all the rest. And if you adhere to this, this simple process, you will avoid most of the first order mistakes. And most of the first order mistakes happen in the first three items. Identifying the deliverables, did you skip any steps, and what are those checkpoints along the way? Most of the mistakes happen right at the starting point, right at the very beginning, where there's missed assumptions, where people say, I'm assuming that that usually is a red flag. Okay, Is that assumption valid? So, for those goals that you have that are attainment goals, in order to attain those goals, you will need a plan. And a plan needs to follow a process similar to this or more sophisticated, up to you. This is about as simple as it gets. The next step in this exercise is for you to take one of those goals that you've identified out of your list of 60 that you said this is the most important for 2023. And I want to take that goal and break it down into the constituent steps, deliverables, what is it that is actually going to be required to make this happen. That takes it from the abstract, 
from being a want to being a real goal. Because now you're starting to put a plan behind it. Any questions? Pick one out of your list of 10 that is an attainment goal that is going to be, because I have a goal you don't need a plan for, really. But if it's an attainment goal and there's a number of steps required to achieve that goal, you need to break it down and put a plan behind it. So it takes it from the abstract to being concrete. A goal without a plan is a wish. It's a hope.